0: Well, thank you, Ashley. Well, before we start this morning, I want to let you know about a couple of things that we're doing over at Thomas Road Baptist Church that we want to make you aware of. In a couple of weeks, on October 10th and the 11th, we're having our Impact Men's Conference. It's called Wildfire this year. We've got people like Art Monk, Daryl Green, uh, uh, Dexter Manley, Dave Dravecki, Stu Weber, also Daryl Waltrip, and Rick Hendrick are all going to be over there. Uh, two guys, one of them's named Buck Commander and one of them's named Duck Commander. I don't have a clue who they are, uh, but they're all going to be over there on October 10th and the 11th. It's going to be an incredible weekend. Uh, lots of different uh, uh, workshops and things on hunting and fishing and NASCAR stuff. And I don't know what kind of workshop you have on NASCAR. I don't know what you do with that, but they're having those things. Daryl Walchup and Rick Hendrick will be leading that. But we want you to be a part of it. And we've got three or I think 3,300 people that are coming already. Uh, they're paying $30 or $40 a piece for it, but for Liberty students, I think it's $14, Scott, is that right? Where's Scott? He's not even here. He's out uh, getting $14. Johnny said $14. So if you want to, you can sign up for that. You can go to our website. But also, on October 31st, Halloween night, uh, we've got a group called Mercy Me that's going to be over at Thomas Road. And... uh, They'll be there in concert that night. You can go to our website at trbc.org for all the information about that. We want you to be a part of that uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. Well, hey, you know, we're getting back, uh, we're about, what, five days away from fall break. How many of you are ready for fall break? Ready to get out of this place for a few days and get a little freedom, aren't you? looking for a little freedom. Freedom from classwork and freedom from papers and freedom from tests. For those of you who are in relationships, maybe freedom from some drama if you're not going too well right now. Lots of guys are like clapping quietly so that their girlfriends don't see. Well, you know, after uh, David Nasser spoke on Wednesday, which was an incredible, incredible uh, sermon, I I, I don't know uh, how many of you were touched by that, but honestly, I, I can imagine um as I, as I saw and heard uh, such incredible results and incredible comments about what David uh, talked about on Wednesday, uh, I, I thought maybe it would be a good opportunity to follow up uh, after David's uh, uh, sermon on Wednesday about forgiveness and, and, and about uh, how God's grace can allow us not only forgiveness for ourselves but to forgive others. I thought today it would be a great follow-up to talk about freedom. Freedom is something that we all desperately desire. Freedom from pain, freedom from grief, freedom from hurt, freedom from the challenges that we all face. We're all looking for freedom. We're all looking for for somehow that we can get away from the things that will hold us down, get away from all of the things that that, that just literally fill our hearts with pain and hurt and grief, the the sorrows that we feel, the things that literally are like shackles, like burdens on us. We're all looking for freedom. Freedom. And I don't care if you're a student, I don't care if you're a faculty member or a staff member, I don't care if you're retired and 95 years old, we are all looking for freedom from the things that we face. Because in this life we all face situations that are desperately, desperately hurting us, causing us great pain. We're all looking for freedom. In Galatians chapter 5, there's an incredible passage that I want to share with you today because in this passage, we see what it is that Christ wants us all to have. The thing that he's, all, that he's calling all of us to, it says in Galatians chapter 5 verse 13, it says this, for you were called to freedom. Isn't that a great promise? That God is telling all of us, you know what, I want you to experience Freedom. I want you to have freedom. I'm calling you to freedom. I want to give you freedom. And the thing that we understand, especially in light of what David Nasser shared on Wednesday, that it's not like one situation or one time in life when all of a sudden we've been set free and then from that point forward everything is great. And that we don't have problems and that we don't have situations that hurt us and, and challenge us. This, this call to freedom, this, this desire for freedom is something that is a continual journey. It's something that we will be going through for the rest of our lives. For the rest of our lives we'll be seeking freedom from the things that hold us down. But the one thing that we know is that God wants to give us that freedom. God desires to give us the freedom... He's called us to freedom. And so today I want to share with you four thoughts on freedom from this passage in Galatians chapter 5 because here we can see a very clear picture of what it is that that God gives us in order so that we can experience freedom. If we keep reading this passage in Galatians chapter 5 verse 13, it says, For you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. In this passage, we get a clear picture first that freedom is found in serving. Freedom is found in serving other people. Christ tells us here that I've called you to freedom, so so how do we get to freedom? We understand that that we find freedom and we can experience freedom, not in isolationism, not in selfishness, but we can find freedom in giving ourselves for others. At Thomas Road right now, we're involved in a a series called Inside Out out of Matthew chapter 22 where Jesus was approached and and asked that all-important question, what is the most important commandment? And Jesus answered the Pharisees by saying the most important thing that you can do is to love God with all of your heart and your soul and your mind. But then he said the second is like it and that is to love your neighbors as yourselves. And so we've been talking for about 12 or 13 weeks now on what we need to do in order to reach out to our community. To the community in which we live that we need to show them that we love them. And why do we do that? Because we know that Jesus told us that we've got to love God. That's the inside. But Jesus also tells us that we've got to love others. That's the outside. And so that in order to experience the freedom, as we've just read in this passage in Galatians 5, that we find freedom not through selfishness, not through isolating ourselves, but we find freedom in serving other people. On this campus right now, I know a lot of you or in the midst of, of papers that are due, in the midst of exams that you've got to take and, and projects that you're working on. And, and I know that at this point in the semester, the one thing that always happens is procrastination starts to catch up now, doesn't it? You get to the point when you realize that that paper that you've been putting off because it wasn't due for weeks and weeks in the future, that weeks and weeks are now over. And now you're at the point when you actually have to turn those things in. And so, what happens right about the time that you're getting ready to experience the freedom of fall break, you're also experiencing that great burden, that great weight that becomes on your shoulders of all the things that you've got to get done. Well, you know what? Human nature always tells us that when we are in the midst of crisis, when we are in the midst of those types of things, those weights, those burdens that are being placed on our backs, that the first thing we do, the human nature that drives us to this, the first thing we do is we try to isolate ourselves. We get this idea that no one else is important, only I'm important, only the things that I'm dealing with are important, that no one else understands what I'm going through, that no one else has a clue of the pain that I'm feeling and the the struggles and the challenges that I'm going through. It's all about me. And that is the human nature that we all feel when we get to that type of a situation, the problem is that when we isolate ourselves, when we find ourselves giving into that isolationism and, and giving into that selfishness, that we start to realize that things only get worse. All through the scripture, Jesus gives us picture after picture that if you want to experience freedom, if you want to experience joy, if you want to experience happiness, it's not found in isolating yourselves, it's not found in selfishness, it's not found in worrying only about yourself... It's found in serving others. Every person in this room knows someone who's going through that type of a challenge right now. It might be you. It might be your roommate. It might be the person that's down the hall. It might be a person uh, who, who shares a class with you, or goes to a, a certain class with you, and you know they're struggling. And you know that you're struggling. And what happens is everybody's struggling together, but nobody is reaching out to each other. Galatians 5 makes it pretty clear that you've been called to freedom, but you don't take that as an opportunity to give into the flesh, to give in to, to that selfishness, but rather serve each other. Can you imagine what this campus would be like if in this place, here at Liberty University, that every one of our students did everything that they could to help each other, to reach out to help that student that you know is struggling that, that person that you know is you're going through a difficult time. Maybe it's a situation at home. Maybe it's a situation in school. Maybe it's a, a marriage that has that fallen apart or, or something that's going on. Can you imagine what would happen if we all took this verse and we took it to heart and we understood that in serving others that we ourselves can find freedom. The freedom that we all desperately desire. ...is found in serving. But you've got to understand that that to find freedom... ...to understand what it means to experience freedom... ...it's a choice. In Galatians 5.13 that I read just a moment ago... ...that we're called to freedom... ...but, but don't take that as an opportunity to give into the flesh. What he's saying here is you've got a choice to make. We all have choices to make. We all have decisions that we need to make. We understand that freedom is found in serving... ...but we also know that freedom... ...is found in the Spirit. Freedom is found in the Spirit. If we keep reading this passage in Galatians chapter 5... ...we notice in verse 16 it says... ...but I say walk by the Spirit... ...and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh... ...for the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit... ...and the Spirit against the flesh... ...for these, listen to this... ...are in opposition to one another... ...so that you may not do the things that you please. Verse 18 says... ...but if you were led by the Spirit... ...you're not under the law... Now, the deeds of the flesh, these are the things that are in opposition to the Spirit. The deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, uh, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You see, we understand that freedom is found in serving, freedom is found in the spirit, but it's all about a choice. It's all about a decision that we make on how we're going to live because we've been given freedom by God. God has allowed us freedom, but we have a choice to make. Are we going to live in the spirit or are we going to live in the flesh? Are we going to live the way that God wants us to live or are we going to live the way that the world tells us to live? Are we going to allow ourselves to get caught up in this list of things that I just shared with you, doing the things that we know are wrong, doing the things that we know are going to uh, that we're going to find pain, that we're going to be driven to problems and challenges? Are we going to live that way, or are we going to live the way that God has called us to live? Because you see, the spirit and the flesh are in opposition to one another. I have four children: a twelve-year-old, eleven-year-old, and twins that are eight. And as a dad now, I get a picture, I start to see and understand that that the freedom that I give my kids, I get to watch in the way that they respond to each other, and the way they react to me giving them freedom in certain situations. I see, honestly, a picture of exactly what we're talking about, because I start to get a picture of of what choices that they make. I remember a couple of years ago, we were on vacation, and, and Jonathan and Nicholas, my two sons... We were in a, in a in a gift shop and it seems like every gift shop that you go to in a tourist spot they sell pocket knives. And so my kids were walking by and there's this huge glass case full of pocket knives. And I mean they were pocket knives of different styles and different designs and different shapes. I mean there were hundreds and hundreds of pocket knives in there. And my boys saw these two pocket knives that they had to have. They had to have. I mean they didn't care about anything else in that store. They wanted those knives. And so they did what every son does when he wants something. They came over and they started pulling on my coat and and begging me to get those knives. And I said, no, you can't have those. You'll cut yourselves and you'll hurt yourselves. There's no way I can't give you those knives. And they kept begging and begging and begging and begging. And then I did what every dad does when they're tired of hearing begging. I bought them. Because there comes a point when, you know, it's just not worth the struggle anymore. And so I bought these two pocket knives. And I said, now, guys, listen, this is very important now you know we got back in the in the vehicle we're driving away and i said listen it's very important now these knives are dangerous they can hurt you you can cut yourself you can you can hurt yourself badly you cannot open these knives while we're driving and so we take off and we're driving down the road and i promise you 5 minutes later i look back and i noticed the faces of my two sons and they had this this face of fear Their eyes were this big around, because not one of them, but both of them, had opened those knives, and both of them had cut themselves. And they were sitting in the back, bleeding all over the back, but they didn't want to tell me that they had done it. So instead of asking for napkins, they're bleeding everywhere, because they have cuts now, because they were playing with the knives that I told them not to play with. And the fear that they felt was not the fact that they were in pain, although they were, the fear was the fact is, what is my, what's my dad going to do when he finds out that we did exactly what he told us not to do? Well again, I did what every good dad does. I smiled first, and then I, then I laughed because it was just funny, because I, I was waiting five minutes ago, I told you we were going to do this. And of course we got them napkins and we we cleaned up the bloody mess in the back of the car. But the point is, is that they had freedom for me to hold those knives. I handed them those knives, I bought them for them, and they had freedom to hold them in their hands, but they also had freedom to make a choice. I remember back when I was a little kid, I was about six or seven years old, I was over at my grandmother's house, my mom's uh, mom and, and, and her husband, my grandfather, and we're over at the house and they live right next to this car wash. and the car wash was was kind of built up. There was a retaining wall there and the car wash was up here. The house was down here. And this wall was about 10 feet high. And I remember one day when I was six or seven years old, uh, we were over at my grandmother's house eating lunch and, and, and my brother and I uh, went out in the backyard and we went around to the car wash and we climbed up on top of this wall that's about 10 or 11 feet high. Now, I remind you, I'm six or seven, which means I'm stupid. My brother is is little more than four years older than me so he's you know he's 10 he's a little bit 10 or 11 he's smart and understands you know things and so what we do is we're sitting there on this wall that's 10 or 11 feet high and I'm the dumb one and then there's my brother and so my brother comes up with this great idea this great idea he says Jonathan why don't you jump off the wall He said, it's not going to hurt. It won't hurt you, I promise. It won't hurt you a bit. Now remember, I'm the dumb one. So I jumped off the wall. My parents had given me the freedom to go out in the backyard. We were out there playing. We, had a, you know, we could do whatever we wanted to back there. were having a great time. And I had a choice to make. Am I going to listen to my brother, my big brother, who I'm supposed to look up to and respect because he's the wise one who's going to help me? Or am I going to jump off you know, and, and, and jump off the wall and kill myself? Well, I jumped off the wall. And, 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 and just for the record... It did hurt. <laughs> a couple of years later, we're out in the backyard of my house. Uh, we're out in the backyard of the house, and, and Jerry Jr., I don't know how old, old he was at this time, but uh, it, it wasn't much older. It was like, I don't know, two or three years older, and, and he just gotten a BB gun. And Now remember, I'm the young one. I didn't have a BB gun. He had the BB gun. So we're out in the backyard one day with this BB gun, and, and I'm watching my brother shoot things with this BB gun, and so he came up with another great idea. He said, "Jonathan, walk walk out there about 30 or 40 feet." So I walked out there about 30 or 40 feet. He said, "Hey, just just turn around and bend over." Do I need to finish this story? I turned around and I bent over. And my brother shot me in the behind. He was just mean, wasn't he? And so we're out there, he shoots me in the behind. And of course I do what every seven or eight year old who gets hurt by the... I run inside screaming and crying, you know. And, uh, you know, the, the point is, is that we, as kids, we had decisions, we had freedom. We could go out and we could play with BB guns, we could play with knives, we could do all those types of things, but we have choices to make in how we're going to react to that freedom. A few years later, I was sitting at home one day, and I had a friend over, and, and, and I was bored, and, and I was sitting there in the kitchen, and my dad's office was just off the kitchen, and my, uh, I asked my dad, I said, hey, can we, can we go outside and play in the car? And uh, he said, "Yeah, that's fine, but just don't, you know, don't start the car. Just, just, you know, be careful. Just you go out and play in the car." And so we walked out of the kitchen, and, and the place where the car was parked was right underneath where his office was. We went outside, we got in the car, the friend of mine and I got in the car, and, and we're playing in the car. But a few minutes later, it got a little hot, and so I want to put the windows down. So I start the car, and I started the car, and I put the windows down, and the car's running, and. And, and all of a sudden, I, for some reason, I don't know why, I reached up and I grabbed that, that gear shift. And I, I put it into drive, and, and of course it scared me because the car started to move. So I immediately pushed my foot on the brake, but unfortunately, the brake's on the left. And I slammed my foot on the gas, and I proceeded to drive that car straight into the house crushing an air-conditioned unit, a central air conditioning unit, driving right into the brick. Now remember, my dad's office was right above where this happened. I'm sitting there scared to death, and all of a sudden I look over, and dad was already down the steps. He was standing there, literally right outside the window, hands in his pocket, just looking at me, and he said, are you okay? I got that look that my kids had. I said, yeah, I'm fine. He said, I told you you could play in the car, but I didn't tell you you could bring it inside. (laughs) Dad, Dad was a pretty funny guy, in case you are wondering. And um, so he came over and he backed the car out of the house. And he did something that I wasn't expecting him to do. Because, you know, at that point, fear had just completely overtaken me. I'm scared to death because I had done something that my dad told me not to do. I directly disobeyed him. I directly disobeyed him by starting the car. He looked at me. He put his arm around me. And he laughed. Let me tell you the picture of why that's important in regards to this passage that we just read. All of us have been given freedom by God. To live our lives the way that we choose. In, In God's perfect plan, He has given us the free will to make the decisions, to decide to follow after the flesh or to decide to follow after the spirit. And just like my dad who then told me later that when he heard the car start, he came over to the window and he looked out the window and he just watched me sitting in the car Watched me with the engine running, doing what he had told me not to do. He sat there and just watched, knowing that I disobeyed, knowing that I had made a bad decision, but he sat there and just watched to see what I would do next. Our Father is watching us in the decisions that we make, in how we respond to the freedom that he's given us. And you see, we have a choice to make. We can choose to do what's right. We can choose to do what's smart. We can choose to do what's wise. Or we can choose to follow the flesh. The list that I just read you. That huge list of immorality and impurity and drunkenness and and rage and all of the things that listed in Galatians chapter five are all decisions that we can make to follow after the flesh because we have been given freedom. But if we follow after those things because we are free to do so and we respond in that way, if we respond in selfishness, if we follow after isolationism, if we try to do everything in our lives to only suit our needs and to fulfill our desires, then we. We will not experience freedom because what happens is that when we choose to follow the flesh what happens is all of those things those bad decisions those bad choices that we make do nothing but drive us further into bondage further into sin further into pain further into sorrow and further away from God's perfect plan for you freedom is found in living in the spirit and it's a choice As we look at this passage in Galatians chapter 5, we get a clear picture of what that choice is. It says here in verse 22, "...but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires." You see, we understand here that freedom is found in serving and freedom is found in the Spirit, but now we get this picture of the choice and then we understand that freedom is found in the heart. You see, there's a clear picture. You can live this way and you can follow the flesh or you can live this way and follow the Spirit by living a life of love and joy, of kindness and gentleness and peace. And you see, what we understand is that when we live that type of life, when we follow after those things, we start to experience that the freedom that God gives us, when we respond in the spirit, when we respond with the heart, when we respond following after him, that we begin to get a picture of the joy that freedom brings. We can choose to live whatever life we want to live, All of you have choices to make each and every day. You can choose to do right. You can choose to do wrong. You can choose to treat others badly. You can can choose to, to help each other. You've got these choices that you have to make. All of it is found in the fact that God gives us the freedom and how we respond to that freedom determines on whether we live a life of sorrow and a life of pain or we find a life of joy and a life of love. Freedom is found in In the spirit, freedom is found in serving. Freedom is found in the heart. But the thing we've got to understand is that freedom is ultimately found in change. It's found in change. The Bible gives us a very clear picture in Galatians 5.25. If we live by the spirit, let us also walk by the spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away, and behold, new things have come. We've got to understand clearly that if we want to have freedom from all of the things that we face, if we want to find that joy that only God can give, that it can only come from a changed life. It can only come from a point and a decision that we make that we are going to live in the Spirit. We are going to live for God. In Judges chapter 6, we read the story of Gideon. And we see in that passage how the Israelites, because they had followed the flesh and not followed the Spirit, that they had come to the point where where God had taken His hand of protection off of them. And He allowed the Midianites to begin to to come after them and begin to hurt them and begin to, to oppress them. And so it says in Judges chapter 6 that the Israelites had gone into the caves and the mountains and they had dug dens, dug those caves, and they were hiding for fear of their lives. They were scared to death and so they were in this place, they were in these mountaintops, they were literally hiding in the holes because of their oppression, hiding in those caves because of the pain and the sorrow that they were all feeling. It then goes on in that passage to show that God eventually came to Gideon and said, Gideon, I want you to come out. Of that cave that you're hiding in. Gideon himself was down in a wine press doing his work because he was scared that the Midianites might come and, and take everything that he had. And so uh, God came to Gideon and said, Gideon, I want you to come out of that hole and I want you to serve me and I want you to lead my people to freedom. I want you to bring my people to freedom. And Gideon said, you, you, you've got to be mistaken. You, you've, you've chosen the wrong person here because I can't do it. I don't have the ability. I'm the least in my household. I'm the weakest in my house. There is no way that you're right in coming after me because I can't get the job done. And God looked at Gideon and gave him a clear statement that all of us need to understand today. God looked at him and said, Gideon, you can do it because surely I will be with you. Gideon got a quick understanding that day. That when God calls us to freedom, when God calls us to great things, when God calls us to serve Him, it has absolutely nothing to do with our abilities. It has everything to do with God within us. Let me tell you something, people. I know you're all feeling the stress of the semester right now. I know all of you are going through situations where you are literally not knowing what to do next and the challenges are are mounting and, and you feel like that, that pressure is being pushed down on your shoulders, the weight is getting heavier, but I want you to know this, God doesn't intend for you to live in that burden. God does not intend for you to live in that hole. God does not intend for you to live with those sorrows and those burdens on your back. God wants you to come out of that hole that you're living in. God wants you to come out of that depression that you're going through. God wants you to come out of those challenges. God wants you to come out of that sorrow and He wants wants you to live the life of freedom and the life of joy and you can do it because God is with you and God can help you. And so let us understand today that freedom is a choice. That the freedom that God wants us to experience all comes back to the opposition that's going on in our hearts every single day the strife that's going on every single day, the battle that is raging every single day between living for the Spirit and living in the flesh. And God is watching and He knows that we have these choices to make and He knows we've got decisions to make and He's given us the ability to do so. And the world might say that freedom is found in going out and doing whatever it is that you want to do, But the Bible says, and that God says, is that freedom is found in loving others as yourself. Freedom is found in serving others. Freedom is found in living in the spirit. Freedom is found making sure that our heart is right. And freedom is found in a truly changed life. Let us all walk out of this place today making sure that we are pursuing the freedom that comes from a changed life. Lord, today we thank you for your love. We thank you for salvation. And God, we thank you for freedom. We thank you that you've given us the ability to go out and to serve you and to serve others. And I pray today that every person that is in this room will become a champion for you that will literally have a deep yearning desire to go out into this world and to serve others, to make a difference in the lives of others, to help others, to change others, to do everything we can to bring the love of Christ to the world. And Lord, I pray for those that are sitting in this room that feel that weight upon their shoulders, they feel that burden, they feel the the shackles that are holding them down. God, I pray today that you would give them freedom, Lord, that you would give them joy, that you would give them deliverance, that you would give them peace, because we know, God, that only you can do so. And for that, God, we give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.